It's your boy Tommy via Raw Sex, and we're gonna jump right into it. And I was just watching this video of uh, Lil Durk's father explaining, you know, how he did not tell on Larry Hoover, and because he wouldn't turn Larry Hoover over, he ended up doing 26 years in prison. Um, that is 26 years of his one life. We all have one life to live, whether you believe in reincarnation or not. Uh, whether you believe that we leave this planet and just go on to another one, you have one life to live here as the man that you are. So if it is, so let's just say you do believe in reincarnation. Okay, if I reincarnate, I don't reincarnate as me. I reincarnate as Jimmy Bob. I might, even, I might reincarnate as Chad or Brad. I might reincarnate as a woman. I could reincarnate as an animal. I might, if I have to go to a different planet, I don't think I would go to a different planet as me. I would, and even if I do... What I did here won't follow me, so you guys, it might as well just be the same. You know what I'm saying? A new life anyway. Um, so my whole thing is this. Here's what I wanted to talk about. And I, I've been, I've been, this is kind of really the, sh- the, 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 the grand shift of all of my, I don't even want to say teachings. I don't really feel like I'm no teacher, but like, um, I guess just what I talk about, what I choose to talk about with my free time. And my, my, my thing is this, right? I respect the integrity of it. I'll always respect the integrity of someone being a part of something, knowing the consequences of it, and then accepting the consequences that come with it, rather than trying to fishtail away or whatever like that, this, this down the third, or AKA just snitching, right? Because we don't, we don't have any problem with somebody running from their problems, literally, literally running from their problems. Just don't tell. You know, you're you're still a real man if you get caught up and you, you know, bond out and just hit, hit uh, what they call it going to run. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, running from your problems in this conversation, you know, for our people and our culture means snitching, essentially, you know, um, giving information to the police. Right. But my whole thing is this. Larry Hoover's still in jail. Larry Hoover was going to go to jail regardless um, now, Big Dirk did not tell. He spent 26 years of his life in prison, leaving behind his son and his and his mother, the son's mother, and any other positive family members um, at the time to fend for themselves as the man, as the black man. Already, we're already way behind. We're already pushed back. We already have. We're born with three strikes against us. We already disenfranchised. You guys know what's up. I don't have to sit up here and break this down, right? So I want us to, at some point, really have a real conversation. Leave the culture that you grew up in. Leave all the gangsterism. Leave all the street nigga shit that all of us have been involved in in some way. Whether you done did it, encouraged it, stood with it, stood by it, whatever. Was entertained by it. Paid to watch it happen. Laughed at it. It doesn't matter. We've all somewhat, for the most part, been in, involved with this. Now, some of us haven't, but most of us have, including myself, right? We listen to the music. We bob our head to it. We sing it out loud um, and just have a real human conversation. And remember, let's try to go back to our roots as who we were before we were ever had any gangsters in our community or any thugs or gangs or anything like that. And let's now have the conversation. How do you think? The brothers in the 1950s would have had this conversation had they been able to have this conversation and looked at it from a real from a real pro black black first, you know, color first um, perspective. And when you think about it from that perspective, if you can manage to stay within the realm, you'll see things the way I am starting to see things the way the brother Charleston White. A lot of the time, see things. That's why he throws people off. But one thing I've noticed in these comment sections is people may call him a rat, Uncle Ruckus. They also have to throw in there, but that nigga telling the truth, though. Eventually, y'all gonna have to just stop calling that man names and say, hey, look, I ain't gonna lie. Every time I heard this nigga speak, I may not liked it. It may rough up my feathers, but he's saying some shit. And this is the same thing that I'm starting, and I've been starting to, in the more last couple of years, starting to really see how this street stuff it really really has put a real serious cramp on and hand and crippling on our community and our race as a as a whole where i want you to did now let's let's this is what i tell people all the time i tell people for us to really change we have to stop the glorification so we have to kind of change 
our language. We have to really start to call things what they actually are. When you put all these beautiful little gangster words and and black exploitation film lingo and all these things on it, it's it's a little bit. You won't understand where I'm coming from. You gonna tell me, man, this you ain't, man, you ain't no real nigga. You ain't no own. man. You know what, man? Just stay your square ass. I admit it. This is a real nigga. Like, yeah, when you call it all of that, it sounds beautiful. But when you look at it from just leave it like, let's be objective. Call it what it is. You're an adult. Okay, you're an adult. You were put in a situation. Why were you put in that situation? Who put you in that situation? Doesn't matter. You were given a deck of cards. And at the end of the day, you chose, you had two choices ultimately. You had the choice of family, another chance to try to figure something else out in life. And you had the choice of the streets and the G code and other adult men. That's that was those were your two choices. And Big Dirk, like plenty of other black men, like maybe some of you guys even listening, you chose the street code and gangsterism and other adult men over your family. It says you can kind of cut it and slice it any way you want to. You could try to make pretty it up, put a bow on, on a trash bag all you want to. But that is essentially what you did. You chose the street code, the streets and gangsterism over your family, over your life, over your parents, over God. This is what you did. That's that is what happened. We can now turn around and say, well, no, you didn't snitch. You was a real nigga. You held it down. What's the product of this not snitching and holding it down and, you know, being a real nigga? I mean, when you look at these some of these terms, maybe the not snitching part, but holding it down. Real nigga. You have to keep in mind the word nigga is nigger. I mean, I, I, I get that we try to change the definition, but you can't change the definition. These words have these words are spells. They're curses and they come with energy that, that has a life of its own. The first person in America to ever say the word nigga was not a black man. It was a white man. Okay? These words sound different coming out of different dialects and accents. Alright? If you want an example, if you watch the movie Django, there's a scene where he and the white man ride up on the horse. And they go to that, that first plantation where they were looking for those three guys. And he says something about... The, the white man with Django said something like, well, he's he's a free man. He can ride a horse and he can do as he please. And the white man said, not here he can't. Not around my niggas he can't. He didn't say my niggers. He said my niggas. He said my niggas we can't. Now you said, you, you said the same thing he said. You sound like the slave master. And you don't even realize how every time we call each other my nigga and you let someone call you my nigga. You ever know there's somebody call you my nigga they put their arm around you? You know, my nigga... You know what I'm saying? What you're doing is enslaving that person. And that's why we feel like we are slaves to this this, this new plantation. One of them is gangsterism. We're, one of them is being being what we could think is being black, which is basically putting up with suffrage from each other. Right? You have you have, you have a dude want to attack you. And ladies, y'all can agree to this too. I know some of y'all dealt with this too. He want to attack you. He want to call you names. He want to do all these things to you. Uh, commit all these crimes against you. And then when you decide, you know what? I can't take this myself. I'm calling the police. Damn, you want to call the police on a black man? No, I'm not calling the police on no black man. I'm calling the police on somebody who just tried to physically assault me. Who threatened my whole family. Who put my house at risk. You know what I'm saying? And, but they, they want you to suffer with them. When you at a restaurant and you decide you're going to call corporate, damn. Like the, they, they, you know, they have these expectations for each other to deal with bullshit. Just sit there as a black man because I'm black and you black. You better just deal with the bullshit. When the world ain't going to wait for me to deal with the bullshit. Because when I turn around and deal with the, and stoop to your level, if the police drive by, I go to jail too. So I, I don't, it, what are you talking about? It's not like we live in a separate world. Like where, you know what I'm saying? It's not a mix and mesh. So 
this is what they this is where these words sound really crazy to me now that I'm a little bit more elevated. I don't even want to use the word woke. Everybody's woke. Being woke don't mean you're gonna do shit. You know what I'm saying? Woke means woke what a woke. Right? You wake up in the morning, that don't mean you gotta get up and be productive. You just you just awake, nigga. You know what I'm saying? For real, you just you're just awake. You're just awake, brother. You know what I mean? So what I want you guys to, to, to do is open your mind really quick, right? As we travel down this deep, dark rabbit hole with me, right? At the end of the day, like I said, you leave behind this kid. Now, some of you guys are going to come at me and say, well, Lil Dirk turned out just fine. Did he? How many, how do you think Lil Dirk could stand in Chicago and rap the way he rapped and rap about the stuff he rapped. There had to be a reputation that, that came before that, right? Prior to him actually popping. There had to be some type of reputation that that leads to the credibility that you would need to be a, a drill rapper coming out of a out of a, a city in a section like the section that he's from, Chicago, and Chicago where he's from. Right or wrong. It wasn't just because his dad was big dirt. Big Dirt come from a different generation of niggas. It's a whole different generation, right? So he had to be out there doing something. And if it wasn't him, it was his crew. You know, I think we can all assume that at some point in Lil Dirk's life, he has either encouraged or enlisted himself in violent activity against other black men. Am I right or am I wrong? So with that being said... Big Dirk, I mean, excuse me, Lil Dirk, hold up, no, I don't, what is this, Lil Dirk, make sure you guys can even hear what's going on here. Lil Dirk, at the end of the day, has managed to sit there and be involved with one of the most notorious gangs in America. More than likely, one of the most notorious gangs in his city. He even said in one of his songs, they say, I terrorize my city. They say, I terrorize my city. These guys have caused a lot of pain. Now, I am not, I am not, I am not against black men organizing. I am not against Little Dirk. Little Dirk is nothing more than the product of his own environment that he was left to fend for himself in one of the most hardcore neighborhoods in America right as a young black man left alone into the streets at the risk of dying at the hands of other black men and the police right am I right or am I wrong is that not what happened so when you're looking at it from a from a grand perspective of everything, little Dirk could have easily been a nigga that me and you never heard of. And you know what they call niggas like that? Just another statistic. Because his dad was not there. Now, we all know a couple of niggas that got their dad in their life that still run rampant like wild pit bull puppy. But however, that does not mean that we can just write it off completely just because of these people, right? Because one thing I've learned from watching a lot of those people, especially ones who survived, is they managed to eventually say, you know what? Because at the end of the day, their dad has always been kicking their ass this whole time. That's what you don't know. I'm not saying physically. Maybe maybe it was physically, right? And that father's love is always going to be a little different than that mother's love, but that balance is what brings out a beautiful person in the long run. Now, we, now, it's a lot of heinous people in this world who have their mother and their father. They come from great families. 
So it's never always going to be that way. But you got to think about all the guys that don't know how to rap and didn't have uh, a Chief Keef around the corner and a little Reese and these guys that they could kind of float off of and, all right, let's do this thing here. Think about all the cities that don't have a rap circuit. Think about the Little Rocks. Think about the uh, the Kansas Cities. Think about the St. Louis. These places don't really have a rap circuit like Chicago, New York, Atlanta. These places have. There's a million little dirts in the world. You know what I'm saying? That we'll never hear about. That won't ever make it as no rapper. A lot of these little and a lot of the little dark rappers that grew up the way Lil Dirk grew up. Let's be clear, but if it wasn't for rap, who the fuck would they be? I mean, I'm just saying, like, you think they was gonna be a politician or something? Like, no, them niggas was gonna be uh freaking in the streets. It was the rap that took them from the streets. Am I wrong? You understand? So what you gotta what you guys gotta realize is this. Lil Dirt, Lil Dirt, right? Like many other black men, were left to fend by themselves. Now we already got a lot of brothers who ain't really no good, without jail. You know, I used to tell one of my friends, I said, man, you know, I feel like I had the worst dad in the world. He didn't even go to jail. He ain't playing the streets or nothing, and still wasn't there. So it's just like, you you gonna have it regardless. But when you make that direct choice. Right. And so many of us, and mind you, let's just stay on focus here. We could talk about the black men who just choose to leave their family because they're they're out there chasing down vagina like my father. We could talk about the black men who, for some reason, have this obsession with mixed kids or something like that. Also, like my father. But we can but we can but we right now we're talking about what the streets have done to us. And it's not just about not snitching. You see it all the time. You see this, the streets have such a hold on people. It literally controls them. I've seen cats, and I've been that cat too myself, where you don't want to listen to your own teachers. You tell your mom to her face, hey, F you. You tell your dad if he's around, F you. Your big brothers, F you. You don't listen to nobody. You know what I'm saying? You don't listen to nobody. But when that big homie come around and tell you to go up the street, shit, what you want me to go get, big homie? What up, big bro? Hey, 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 running, you, you looking for someone to look up to, and this is what they've given you to look up to is not, it's not the big homie, it's the image of it. So somebody who looks like this thing, you will go out there, and you will, you will go out there, and you will run and listen to him. You don't listen to your grandma, but guess what? When shit hit the fans, that's who you gonna call after you'd have been sitting in jail for three years, and the homies stop picking up. The homies eventually move on to some of them. They smart, move on with their life. They got kids and family now. They can't always be on the phone on nigga in jail. You know what I'm saying? They can't always stop what they doing, talk to a nigga on the phone in jail, right? Guess who gonna keep picking up the phone? Grandma, mama, daddy, and everybody you told this and the third. You know what I'm saying? Like, guess guess who's going to go in there and everybody's going to be where they are? Like, you know what I mean? They're going to still be in place. They're going to still be in place. So what you have to understand is this. Little Dirk is a million people. This episode's not just about Lil Durk. I need you to remember that. We're using Lil Durk and Big Durk as an example. Now, Lil Durk has a lot of people, I'm pretty sure, that want to kill him. His best friend just got killed. I mean, shit. Every three months, Lil Durk is posting RIP to somebody close to him. I think his brother got killed. Didn't his brother get killed? His brother got killed. You know, this fatherless community is, I tell people all the time, what I've seen growing up is the fatherless kids end up thugs or fags or both. This is what we see in our community. Now, what's the problem with being a thug? What's the problem with being a fag? At the end of the day, it just comes down to uselessness. And when you have a community full of useless people, essentially, the community becomes nothing, null and void, and it can be easily infiltrated, easily destroyed, right? So 
how is a thug or the fag useless? Well, the thug is useless because he's going to end up dead in jail anyway. He, you know, not to mention all the destruction that he's going to cause on that path. So he's useless, right? He can't really amount to nothing because to him, going to school, doing the great things, doing the right things, these are lame, you know? Shooting stuff up, selling dope, go to prison, go in and out of jail your whole life. That's cool. So he's useless. He can't ever do anything productive that will help progress the progress and the process of the community. The fag is useless because he doesn't he's automatically relieved of any masculine expectations. You see, does that make any sense? So for example, when we see a gay guy, we don't expect him to, to do anything that we expect man to do. You know, when you see a man standing around watching a girl get her ass whooped, we're like, what the fuck? Hey, bro, you going to let this happen? But when you see a gay guy standing there, like especially a feminine gay guy, you're like, you don't expect nothing from him. When there's boxes that need to be moved and heavy things, we don't expect nothing from him. So not to mention, he's not going to produce any offspring. That's the biggest part. So it's not about me. When I say that, I need everybody to understand I'm not disrespecting you because you like men. I'm talking about the lack of masculine expectations and the fact that you don't want to have any children you can't have any children you're not going to have any children you're not going to marry you're not going to have a proper family unit which is a balance between a man and a woman it's no it's not about me being against gay or homophobic anybody who knows me in real life knows i'm the furthest thing from a homophobic I'm that one straight guy that will hang out with gay dudes. I'm that one straight guy that was that, that I don't mind sitting down talking to a gay guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like these other niggas who be like, man, man, hell no, I mean, he cool, but that nigga gay. Like, I don't look at it like that. Like, I, I, I like to talk to the people I don't understand. I like to talk to country white people. I like to talk to black women. I like to talk to feminists. I like to talk to the people I don't understand. That's what Jesus did. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I'm Jesus, but I'm just saying like we all supposed to be somewhat Christ-like. So I want to talk. I want to talk to the gay guy. If I'm going to talk about him, how am I going to talk about the gay guy when I don't talk to him? I don't know what he really goes through. I don't know what it's like to be an openly black gay man in America. How am I supposed to talk about an openly black gay man in America? You know, I'm not scared to go into the other spaces. I go watch the Pink Pill videos. I watch the Divested Black Women videos. I watch Zeus Network. I, I, I listen to certain podcasts that might offend me. For me, it's a learning thing. It's a growing thing. Sometimes I realize these people, like even I talk a lot about Cynthia G. I don't disagree with everything Cynthia G says. I just don't like some of the things she says. I don't disagree with everything she says. She's right about a lot of you niggas, including myself. I don't disagree with everything she says. I really don't. Hold on, y'all. Okay, I don't, you know, so, but at the end of the day, that makes them useless. And it's the same thing with the thug. It don't matter if he, and you know, and it's even worse, you know, thugs, they, they're, they're, they're sex addicts. So they go out there and they, they pop, the, they, yeah, they're fruitful and multiply and just leave us with 12 more little thug and fags that's finna grow up. Because when they, because they can't, they can't leave the streets behind, right? So since they can't leave the streets behind, what do they leave behind? You got to pick something. They have to leave the children behind. So someone didn't say to me, well, Tommy, well, wouldn't you say then how about this? Instead of saying to snitch to snitch on people, just say don't get involved with it at all. I never, first of all, I never said this. And I, you know how I do this show, bro. I, I know what people are going to say to certain things I say because I say absurd, wild things that you probably haven't heard before. So I already know what you're going to say. So I'm just answering these things so you don't have to ask them or DM me and say, well, I read your episode and you said this, but I don't feel like black men should just leave the streets alone. It's easier said than done. You know who likes to say that a lot of time? The niggas who never played in the streets and the niggas who they might have played and they caught lucky and got out. They didn't actually scurry their way out. When you're deep into this lifestyle and this mentality, it's, it's very hard for you to get out. And it's the same concept I spoke on in another episode where I talked to you guys about 
why it is hard to get through to our black women. And which it's almost like you're trying, they think the color pink is green. So when you're telling them this, they don't believe it. Because in their mind, there's no way in hell you're going to tell me that this color ain't the color it is because this is what I've been taught my whole life. You got some guys, they know in their heart of hearts that the way they're living is just wrong and it's destructive to the black community. These guys are in the heart of the black community. The little dirks, these guys are in the heart of blackness in America and what it means to be black in America, unfortunately. They're in the pits of it. All that stuff you guys at home talk about on the internet, they're dealing with it. They're dealing with the police. They're dealing with, you know, um, you know, they're dealing with these things. Sorry, y'all. I keep. I, right, we'll talk about that another time. But anyways, like we, they're dealing with these things in their community. So, what you? They're dealing with the. They see the murder. They see this stuff. You, you read about it. You know what I'm saying? And so they know, but they can't help but break these cycles. So I mean, they can't help to break the cycle, and a lot of the time they break them in prison. Now look at Big Dirk. He seems very. I, I listened to his video. He seemed very well spoken, very well poised. And I believe him to be a Muslim. He was wearing the, um, dang, I forgot what you, the kufi. He, um, you know, I believe him to be a Muslim or, or something along that nature. He could also be a Hebrew Israelite. Um, but so he probably got an education in there. And it's sad that, you know, a lot of brothers, they learn a lot of their knowledge in the jail. I'm not doing a lot to you guys. That's where I learned a lot of the stuff I t- talk to you guys about. I didn't learn it in the schools. I learned it in the jails. Because that's where a lot of our smart brothers are at, believe it or not. Some of our wisest our wisest men are in the jails because they chose the streets. And that should tell you something right there where the streets are so powerful. You know what the streets is like? Sex. Seriously, the streets are like sex. It's just like sex. You know, I'm just now really tapping into really being in control. I've always had dick discipline. I'll give myself that. More than a lot of other brothers, I can genuinely say I've always had dick discipline. But... Not enough, clearly. You know what I'm saying? Um, I was the type of guy, I was so addicted to sex at one point, I was having a nigga to jack off watching some porn. Knowing I got a girl coming over later on, she get over there, I smash. She leave about three hours later, I'm watching porn again. Like, nigga, did you just get some? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yo, that shit had messed with me. I had to, I had to deal with erectile dysfunction at an early age. I had to get over that shit. Like, nigga was just, just nutting way too much. Didn't know how much power the nut had. You know, when, when they say, you know, your cum is powerful. I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and now I am, I'm about a month and two weeks into it on semen retention. Now, I've been edging. You know, I have been edging. And I've been trying to get rid of that, too. Um, I haven't been edging like every day. I might go like three, four days, no touch. Then I might edge for like two, three days. Um, but I have not had sex and I have not came in over a month. And I feel pretty good about that. And at this point, I have more value within myself. And I've even told my, it was funny, I was talking to myself out loud. And I said, you know, at this point, I can't just nut to anything. You know, I want to nut. If I'm going to nut, it's going to be something special. I can't just nut to some porn so it's, it's literally taking me away from porn now because I value myself a little bit more than that you see what I'm saying so I was never that guy that either was always sticking my dick in something or always sticking my dick in my hand I was I was both and I think that's terrible um so anyways and it's and it's almost kind of in my opinion it's kind of girlish because what girls do girls sit around and they they'll fuck and masturbate and grab a toy like damn like you sexual ass little shit right you gotta have control of yourself but the streets are so powerful they make you say fuck your parents and their rules F the Bible and God's rules. F everything. F my kids. X my wife. X F sex. I'd rather go to jail for 40 years and have sex for 40 years. I mean, it's that powerful. It's hard for them to get from under that grasp when it's literally your whole identity. And what I tell people all the time, this is going to be the hardest time for black people because we are now being forced. We're being forced into dealing with ourselves and dealing with our own identity. 
and the carpet that's been under our feet for so long is now being snatched from under us, right? And what ends up happening in this situation, what ends up happening in this case is this. When you when you are when you're dealing with it from this perspective, here's how it works. You have people, these the street niggas, for example, they have the most in, involved in this. And when you look at the street nigga out of every single different type of man, black or white, they're the only ones who have a consistent, thorough 24-7, 365 identity as based off of this 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 culture, this lifestyle. From the way they wear their hair to the way they dress to the type of tattoos they get or the fact that they have all these tattoos to the way that they talk to the type of words they use when they talk to the way they treat women to the way they treat their homeboys to the way they treat their family good or bad stuff too i'm not just talking bad things here i'm just talking about in general all right when these people when they have these things i swear bro i can't get away from this fucking truck bro i i literally do these episodes different times of the day it's literally 6 p.m and there's a track a trash truck outside and I have to walk all the way to the back of the house, you know, and I can still hear it. I, it's, Lord have mercy. I need to find somewhere else to live. Like, <laughs> I cannot do this house stuff. That's why I don't like houses. I'm not going to lie to you. I love condos and apartments because there's no trash trucks. There's no mailman. There's no, none of that stuff. Like, there's no barking dogs. There's not, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, can you live, like, you know, I've lived downtown and, like, it's in a building, you know, like there's nothing going on. Like, yeah, there's probably stuff like that going on, but we don't hear it. We're 15 floors up. We don't hear the trash truck and all this other stuff, but these guys just come at any random time. And it's just like, bro, like, do y'all not care what people are in the house doing? Don't you know I'm trying, I'm trying to change the world in here? Like, can you, can you, can you go somewhere? Like nobody's worried about the trash right now. It's Monday. It's six o'clock in the afternoon. It's six o'clock. I mean, is that normal? Can anybody tell me, is that normal? Is it where you live? Does a trash man just come randomly? Like, I think they should be fired. Like, there's no reason for you to be coming. It's 6 p.m. You, nigga, you probably been here four or five hours ago. It's 6 p.m. I'm not kidding you not on my mama. It's 6, 11 o'clock right now. And there's a trash truck here. For what? What are you doing? Oh, you've been here. You've been, you've been at work all day. What do you, what, why now? You're supposed to have been that came and got the trash. That's why I decided to do this episode later. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be at home today. The school buses are going to come. I know when the trash... It's funny, a trash truck already came earlier. Trash truck come. Now here come this... These, look at this redneck piece of shit. Get, up, get, get the fuck off my street. All right? God damn it. Anyways. And they distract me because I know you guys hear that beep beep. It's annoying. You know, it makes you feel like I'm outside, but I'm not, bro. I'm literally in the house. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have a whole house I could walk around... And no matter which room, which corner I, of the house I go into, you're still going to hear the stupid-ass trash truck, son of a bitch. You know what I'm saying? And they just take their sweet, precious time, too. Like, hurry up! Anyways, I'm so sorry for me being distracted, and therefore I distracted you. But this is raw sex. Everything is true. So, when we're looking at it, right? And, and it, it's, it's, it's like that. You know, it's almost like you just get stuck in these in this pattern. If you had to shed the identity, who would you be? And this is the real reason why rappers don't go back and actually fix their hoods. Their hoods, even though they're rich and they get to thrive off this rich look and look at me, I got a million chains on and I stay in this building and I got this house and I got this cars, right? They still have no choice as to go back and, and still show you I'm hood, I'm hood, I'm hood. Well, if they were to go fix up these neighborhoods and you're starting to see some rappers do it but most of them didn't never did it. If they were to fix up these neighborhoods, am I right or wrong? If they went and fix up these neighborhoods, what happens? Oh, well, I'll tell you what happens. When they go fix these neighborhoods up, what ends up happening is your videos don't look hood no more. These guys don't look like gangsters anymore. They look like scholars. They go from the streets to the schools. Your friends are now wearing glasses. They're now wearing suits and ties. And that's why we have to change what's cool as black people. And that's what brothers like Nipsey Hussle was trying to do. You know, and I get that he had his he had a dual side to him. He still wanted to run around with these rolling 60 neighborhood krill. But at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying, he was trying to change it. That's what Jay-Z is trying to do. That's what I would hope to do is change what's cool. 
It's no longer going to be cool to show me a $70,000 chain. Show me a $70,000 food chain where all you do is hire ex-cons. Give the brother something to look forward to come home to. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all this stupid stuff that we've, 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 we've got into has done nothing for us. It just kept us into the same cycle over and over and over again. And... It's going to be hard for us because pretty soon they're going to force us out of this identity. And how are they going to do that? Well, first thing they're going to do is they're going to force you out of these environments that make you look gangster. And then you don't look as gangster anymore standing in front of these beautiful bricks with these beautiful windows and these beautiful trees and grass talking about I'm in the hood. I'm da, 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 you, 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 you're going to look real stupid. Like, nigga, you look, nigga, that shit look like better than my neighborhood. And I'm in the suburbs, you know, like that's what it's going to look like. The white kids going to even call y'all out. They're going to be like, wait, my, my neighborhood looks worse than that. You know what I'm saying? Because like you go to suburb, a lot of these neighborhoods are old. You go to the hood, they build a new apartment. The apartment look nice. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hold on now. Y'all, you sure that this the hood, brother? Are you, are you guys? And then oh, that, that old excuse we used to get from the 90s rappers and the 80s and the 70s brothers, which was, man, man they had pee in the flow. And when I was growing up, it was rats and rodents. They won't be able to say that no more. They'll have to just admit, you chose this. You want to be a nigga. Because you have nothing else to blame it on. There's no more going to be the excuse of, well, look at my neighborhood. Look how they got us over here. You can't say that no more. You're not over there. Then what's next? Right? So we already don't even really dress like gangsters no more. We dress like athletes and gay Europeans now. Y'all laughing, but that's where you... Who do you think they make those Versace and all? They don't make that for niggas. We've niggified it, but that ain't who it was for. It was for gay Europeans. Skinny gay Europeans. That's why you, some of you niggas look funny in these clothes because you're not skinny. You chubby as hell. You know what I'm saying? You got a big old wide back, belly, little titties, you know, little bitty legs. You talking about you you drip. But you look funny. To a regular person, they laugh at you. Okay, to a regular nigga, you look funny. So at the end of the day, what's going to happen when you cannot lean on this identity no more? If for these guys, they might be able to give up the street activities, but they'll never give up the image. But let me tell you something. The image sometimes is more dangerous than the street activity. The street activity is what? Six, seven niggas doing that shit. It, it, when you really go to some of these neighborhoods and when you really break it down, bro, it, it, it'd be about a hundred niggas outside, but it'd be six, seven, maybe 15 niggas that's really causing the ruckus. That's why we've seen neighborhoods go from being bad neighborhoods to good neighborhoods. What's the difference? It's still black folks. The neighborhood still look the same. What happened? Oh, they arrested that little crew that was over there. You you go to some of these neighborhoods right now. If you was to arrest or kill or just get these niggas to grow up and move the fuck on with their life, the neighborhood would be a good neighborhood all over again. We done seen it all over Atlanta. I've seen it growing up my whole life. You certain neighborhoods, I had to tell when they're going to tell you about something. Yeah, I'm from over here. I ain't going to say the neighborhood. I'm like, nigga, that neighborhood not even bad no more, bro. Like, why you keep talking about it like that? That neighborhood ain't had a shooting in five, six, seven, eight years, bro. The niggas who was shooting wasn't you, first of all, and they're gone. They're dead in jail or they've moved on with their lives. Simple as that. Once you get rid of even the neighborhood I was growing up in uh, before we had moved to East Cobb, we was we was running that neighborhood rampant. We had police in there all the time. You know what I'm saying? All the time. Burglarizing, fighting, stealing from stores and running back to the neighborhood, robbing people, all kind of stuff. Once we moved and it was only like, what, me, such and such, such and such. And then honestly, so in our, in our, actually in our neighborhood, it was only three of us. And then our friends who would come to the neighborhood. That's it. So once I moved, oh boy moved, and then buddy moved, the neighborhood was a good suburban neighborhood again. A good, a good old suburban complex, apartment complex. It ain't got nothing to do with that. It's who's there, who's actually causing the trouble. But the image is gangster and it screams trouble. It's been demonized. Unfortunately, hip hop has been demonized. And when you wear certain clothes and you look a certain type of way and you got your hair a certain type of way, people assume gangster. So what does that tell the kid? So even if you're not committing street stuff, you don't have to get on your hands and knees and beg these little niggas to not turn to it because they want to dress like you. They want to drive a Corvette like you. 
They want to post up like you. They want to know how to get these things. Well, there's only one way they're going to get them and get them as fast as they want to get them. And that's to turn to doing street stuff. And um, and when you keep playing the music, you keep talking a certain type of way. It don't matter if nobody's selling dope and y'all actually go to school every day. It don't matter if if nobody is um, doing these things because at the end of the day, the, the, the energy is still there. And all it's going to do is resurface into a new generation. So you might be the great example. You might still talk like this and walk like that. But at the end of the day, my brother, guess what? The next group of kids, they, they're going to be on some different shit. They're going to be on some different shit. You understand? Because they don't come from what you come from. Hold on. They don't come from what you come from. You understand? So they're going to have to be on something completely different. And I need I need people to realize that at the end of the day, a lot of the reason why a lot of these gangsters or so-called gangsters and street niggas can't walk away from the streets is because in order for them to do that, it would completely shatter their whole existence, their whole identity. And it gives it, it turns their their what they had was once good memories, things they laughed at and felt proud about the things that they're ashamed of. I mean, imagine something like that. So you have brothers who are like, yeah, yeah, I mean, we were locked up, boy. Yeah, yeah, boy, I got locked up like 15 times. Now you're like, damn, I've been in jail 15 times. What? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it just, it changes everything. That could send you to a place that is honestly might be dangerous for you. I mean, honestly, some brothers, I wouldn't even want to see them try to shatter the gangster identity as much as I would love for it to happen. I wouldn't want to see it because they they'd get ate alive. Remember, they've, they've turned murder into catch a body. It sounds cool now. But once they actually sit down and life catches up to them and they realize that their whole identity is bullshit, it goes from catch a body to I murdered a man. I took someone's life. This is something I can't ever make up for. There's nothing I could ever do, ever. No amount of jail time, me committing suicide, nothing is going to make up for what I did to that man. And that's when shit hits the fans. That's when a transformation must begin within our community. You have to sit there and deal to heal. And sometimes healing won't do nothing but kill you when you've done so much dirt. And that's a scarier thought to have in your brain than the possibility that you might go down the street today and get your head blown off when the ops see you. Or the police might come kick your door in any second now for all them drugs you've been dealing. It's it's even scarier to really think that you might have to go to jail now for something you did a year ago or a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, a couple days ago. But when you go to jail this time, you're not in there like... Yeah, what up, dog? Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. Now you in there like, wow. Wow. Look where I've got myself. Oh my gosh. Wow, look how close the toilet bowl is to my pillow. Oh my gosh. And that's a that's a different type of time to do. 30 days, you you do three years as a gangster, justifying it and thinking it's cool, glorifying it. 30 days in misery is worse than three years of Glory, ain't it? So at that point, you don't even got to go to jail for no serious time. You in that motherfucker for three weeks, like God damn, I can't believe it. Might fuck around and kill yourself. Not even like intentionally either. Like just stressed out. Like wow, I'm really like in a fucking like prison, bro. Like I'm a, I'm a slave. But you a slave regardless. You know what I'm saying? And that's what this this game does. And it's a reoccurring cycle and cycle. And when the brothers come home from jail, they want to go out and help. You got the Wallow brothers, right? Brothers like Wallow. He done been in jail before. He coming out trying to help the young nigga. But he don't know, bro. It's too late. The same way some old cat probably tried to help him when he was first out there in them streets. And he didn't want to hear it. Because he's already been indoctrinated. He already been programmed to think this way. And, and he's already been wired he already the software has already been installed into his brain. Ask Swallow if there was some older cat that came to him while he was in them streets before he went to prison and did his bid 
and tried to tell him some of the same shit he's now trying to tell somebody. And guess what? Them little young niggas he's trying to talk to right now, one day they'll be trying to tell somebody else the same shit. And it keeps going and going and going. And if you haven't noticed, it's gotten worse and worse and worse. Look at the origins of the gangster disciples and the black disciples. Look at the name. Look at the origins of the vice lords. Look at the original origins of the what we call the Bloods and the Crips. Just look at what their names even stand for. Community revolution and progress. Well, where's the progress? Because it ain't got nothing but worse. Now, even, even when you look at the gang members now, they don't even look like the gang members from back in the day. Gang members back in the day were masculine. They were strong. They were in shape, right? They had wisdom and knowledge. They wore their pants on their waist. So the game's going to get worse. I can't even imagine if we don't cut this shit out. What the streets is going to look like in 2045. That's going to be something I don't think any of us want to see. It's just going to be straight stupidity. But I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, you can either get with it or get lost. Because at the end of the day, they're taking your identity away. They've, They've given it to you long enough. Is programmed in you. Now they're about to snatch the rug from under your feet and see and watch all you scram like little cockroaches when the lights come on. You better get that shit out your system and realize realize the true effects of what gangsterism has done. Not what we try to glorify and yeah, you know, look at this stuff. Blah 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, you know, we, we gangsters. We gangster nigga, right? And the whole, the whole identity of it, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, when you, you know, we, our genre of hip hop is one of the only genres that literally comes with a whole entire culture, lifestyle, and way of thinking. You know what I'm saying? Okay, our whole entire lifestyle and our way of thinking and um, everything else out there. All right, our whole entire culture is like we're the only ones. Like it literally, besides like rock music, you know, and that's why they pushed rock music to the side and brought out hip hop because it was way more destructive than rock. And it can be something specific for you. But that's another conversation for another day, right? Um, at the end of the day, you have to really understand that that these things have now caused us to literally put this culture, this way of living, this this ideology, this mindset, this mentality over the things that we actually need. And it's become our priority. And that's why we can't get nowhere. And our progress has actually declined. It hasn't stayed even to say stagnant. No, it's going down and down and down and down and down. The streets are dying. And when I tell you the streets are dying, I need you to understand how scary and beautiful that is at the same time. It's a double-edged sword. See, it's good because obviously the streets are dying, right? I don't have to explain that part. But the bad part about it is it's going to leave a lot of us, a whole lot of black men and black women and black children just left out in the cold and not knowing what to do, what to become. Who am I for real? Who was I this whole time? You're going to have a lot of controversy that comes from that within our own community, within our own race. The people who can't let it go and the people who are like, bro, we have no fucking choice. How are we going to scream this, that, and the third when it's not that anymore? You see what I'm saying? And and that day is coming. I'm telling you, look around, bro. You, Some of you guys right now as I speak, you live in neighborhoods 
where it's it's still a hood and it's still a ghetto, but when you go right around the corner, they're building up new shit. Some of y'all live in, 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 in communities that now have Starbucks and coffee places and vegan restaurants and yogurt places. Like, bruh, it, it's, it's coming. It is coming. They're out here locking up every single gangster rapper they can possibly lock up. They snatching these niggas off the streets. You're about to watch what happens to Young Thug and them boys. And he, and he will not be the last. They're about to come for a lot of the other guys too. Some of these niggas got open cases right now. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, Lil Durk got an open case for shooting, allegedly shooting somebody in Atlanta. Right? You feel what I'm saying? Like you gotta really think, I want you to really, really wrap your mind around that. Really wrap your mind around the fact that it's, 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 it's coming down, bro. They gave this shit to you. And then same people going to take it away. But the only thing that's going to remain is the choice on if you're going to keep this bullshit identity or not. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all in your in your heart of hearts, you know damn well you're not that. You became that to adapt to the to the environment that you're in. But that's not really who you are. You scared to show who you really are because you don't want to get called a white boy or a lame or gay or broke or sellout or, you know, you ain't black or some stupid stuff like that. What do you leave behind when you choose this, though? Who gets left behind in the long run? Okay, so you didn't give up Larry Hoover. Congratulations. But you gave up your son. And I'm going to just say it, bro, just in case anybody needs to hear this. I'm sorry, but I don't know about you, but I'd rather a bunch of broke ass niggas who ain't ever going to be shit in life. Call me a snitch and call me a rat. than my son ever grow up and say, damn, dad, where the hell you at? And if you can't, if you can't, if you can't wrap your mind around just that part, just, just that part alone. Then maybe this conversation ain't for you, brother, but I'm going to tell you pretty soon you're going to have no choice but to deal with it. Cause this, this is what it is. This is what I talked about the other day. Gotta stop trying to impress black people. Because right now, black people ain't nobody to impress. You niggas will go broke, go crazy. You niggas will, 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 will lose your brain, your brain, lose your freedom, lose your sanity, lose your respect, your self-respect, lose your families. Lose God. Yo, walk away from God. Whether you believe in Allah, Yahweh, Jehovah, Jireh, Whatever you'll walk away from these things, and he's gonna cripple you to the point where that's all you gonna have left is the family, is the Bible, is your Quran, is your Torah. These are the only things you gonna have left, because the streets will leave you, because the streets don't love nobody. Look what they're outdoing in Larry Hoover's name right now in Chicago. You think this is what Larry Hoover wanted for them? They don't even have enough respect for their, for, their, for their king. They don't respect Larry Hoover. Larry Hoover has said several times since being locked up that he don't want this shit. And, but look what these niggas is out doing. They're doing worse than the GDs and BDs was doing back in the day when Larry Hoover was running things. Back then, gangsters, most gangsters had an objective. That's why I love the story. One of my favorite new gangsters to look up to, if I'm going to look up to a gangster, is Bumpy Johnson. I want you guys to take the time to watch The Godfather of Harlem. And yes, he had a lot of corrupt ways and there's a lot of things I don't approve of. However, Bumpy Johnson had an objective. He had a goal. It wasn't just gangster, gangster. I know there was a lot of guys from back then. These guys weren't even gangsters at first. When you think about it, these were the radicalized, militarized black men, the alpha leaders of the community who weren't going to sit there and play rollover games. They was going to get it by any means. And to a certain extent, to a keyword certain extent, I respect that a lot. I just think the energy should be placed somewhere else. We should learn from those guys, take some of their energy and say, okay, I'm going to have the spirit of a Bumpy Johnson. I'm going to have the, I'm going to have the, the ways of these guys, but I'm going to find a way to do it where it's going to be something that actually can manifest into something for me. You understand what I'm saying? That's what's important. That's what people need to understand and realize is that these things have to become this way. At some point, you have to take these energies and move them into a different place.
You have to. You have no choice. Okay? So what people have to realize is this, man. At the end of the day, we have to get away from this stuff. We have no choice. It's coming down whether you want to or not. And like I said, as far as the gangsterism goes, as far as all that type of stuff goes, at some point you have to walk away from that identity and choose a different identity and choose something different. And I get for some people it's going to be hard to do that. You're going to have to channel that energy that you have somewhere else. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's a certain type of energy. It's an aggression. It's a hatred. It's a bitterness. It's trauma. This is not anything different than what white people, Spanish people, and Asian people, they, did, they deal with it in their own ways. You got to find some way to make that into some type of productivity. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, right now, we have chose this culture, this stupidity over our own families. You see what I'm saying? We don't even, we don't, do we really care about our kids? Do we? Like, like I said, you didn't give up Larry Hoover, but you gave up little Dirk. Who meant more to you? You see what I'm saying? Who met, who met, who means more to you? And I want you to ask yourself that in your own life and just use that metaphorically. Who's more important to you, Larry Hoover or Lil Durk? And that, if you, if you answer that question the right way, you won't ever have to snitch my brother because you won't go ahead and get away from it anyway. And if anything, you grab, you grab Larry Hoover and say, brother, we got to find a different way, brother. I don't want to have to stop being your friend. You're my friend. But we got to find a different way because we got to look out for Lil Durk. We got to look out for uh, Larry Hoover got a son too that he left behind. We gotta look out for the little little Hoover. We can't just we can't just look out for the streets and the getting money and who's macho and we gotta show the 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 vice lords what we are and the Latin King. No, we gotta look out for Lil Dirk. Fuck the Latin Kings. Fuck the Vice Lords. We gotta look out for Lil Dirk. And if every brother felt like that and moved like that, there ain't no Vice Lord versus GD. There ain't no blood versus Crip. Cause we all focus on the kids. We all focus on legacy building and empire building and making sure that we teach one to lead one and the next one going to grab somebody and lift him up as well. Ain't no more holding us down. Lift us up. Ain't no more real nigga. It's real man. Ain't no more real nigga. Well, you want to be a real nigga. Well, where do real niggas end up? At some point, you got to look at that too. Where's all the real niggas at? Where are the real niggas at? We all know where the real niggas is at, right? Okay then, so that same energy is the energy of a Mesa Musa, it's the energy of a King David, it's the energy of a King Solomon, that's what it is. They were quote-unquote real niggas. You see what I'm saying? So you have to you have to move differently, you have to find a different space to put yourself in. And it cannot be this one, because this one is not anything positive at all. Nothing good has come from it. Like I said, I'm going to ask you this serious question, don't try to, don't try to bullshit around it either. Don't try to tiptoe around the world and then don't get involved. I'm going to give you ain't ready for this shit. And that, that, you need to go ahead and get up out of here. You're an enemy. Anyways, I'm going to ask you one more time. Who's more important? Your Larry Hoover or your Lil Dirk? Huh? Ask yourself that question tonight before you go to sleep. Ask yourself that question every day before you wake up in the morning. Ask yourself that question. Ask yourself before you go out there and you put that gun on your hip. And you go out there and ready to go out there and do what you finna do. And you finna ride around to hobbies and get get active. Ask yourself, who's more important, my Lil Dirk or my Larry Hoover? And if you was a real nigga, you're not gonna, your answer gonna be Lil Dirk, right? So if your answer is then Lil Dirk, then you're gonna say, oh damn, I can't, I can't even get in this car then. Because that means they're gonna have to snitch on you niggas, straight up. And I don't wanna have to do that. So I can't even get the car, bro. I'll see y'all niggas later, I'm gonna go get a job. Half y'all niggas is making the same money in the streets that you would be making at a job anyway. You just lazy. Straight up. Real nigga shit. You just lazy. And half y'all niggas just greedy. You done made enough money in the streets to go ahead and convert to something legal. You just... It, it's the culture. It's like I tell people all the time. Like a lot of girls say they want a, a man with money. No, they don't. They want a man that has a certain type of image. The average black woman in America right now would rather be with a dope boy making $100,000 a year before they ever be with a square making a million. So if it was about money, you go for you go for the bigger dollar, right? No, not exactly, not necessarily. So, um, at the end of the day, you have to you have to look at it that way. These women don't love you. The, the, the these the streets don't love you. You know, you have to look out for the for the seed, my brother. That's what's important is your seed. You know what I'm saying? And you have to ask once again, ask yourself every day. You finna go do something crazy. You finna go ride on this nigga. Go rob this place. What's more important? My Larry Hoover or my Lil Dirt?
What's more important, my GDs, my gang family, my GDs, my BDs, or my mother and my father and my brothers and my sisters and my son and my wife? What's more important to you? Tell me you're a heterosexual man and then tell me that you would choose a bunch of niggas before your wife. Don't let that go over your head. It's your boy Tommy V. Raw Sex and I'm out.